So as y'all, if y'all are here this morning, y'all know me as Doug May, the redneck from Mississippi. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it is truly an honor and a blessing for y'all to allow me to come in and share God's word with y'all and, and, and something that he's put on my heart. And uh, tonight, we're going to just be shortly and briefly, I know y'all got a business meeting, but we're going to be in Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. And just a little background of Hosea, because if you're like me, you've really never been in Hosea. It's just a small book. Uh, Hosea was a minor prophet back in the Old Testament times. And he was called by God to go to the northern kingdom of Israel to prophesy to the people of the northern kingdom. And he told these people that they are to change their ways. If not, God was going to destroy them. And as we know, that it was the Assyrians who were going to come in and destroy the northern kingdom of Israel. So Hosea was back in the time of Daniel and Isaiah. He was back in this time frame. And his job was to prophesy to the northern kingdom of Israel about how they should change their ways. They are living in idolatry. They are serving other gods. They have gotten away from God. And that we needed to repent and come back to Him. And as I got to reading a little bit of Hosea, and it started off in chapter 1, that God told Hosea to go and marry a prostitute. Right off the bat, and I'm sitting there like, this is fixing to get deep. Because I've never read Hosea. And he said, then you're going to have children by this prostitute, so they will be born into prostitution. But what God was trying to do and working out in Hosea's life was a representation of how Israel was prostituting their lives and going around and serving other gods and prostituting themselves and possessions to other gods, false gods, instead of the, the true God. And he used these illustrations, and, and even in Hosea, his wife, this prostitute Gomer, she actually went out and she cheated on Hosea. And God used that and to show that, that Israel has run away from God. And it's a beautiful story how this all unfolds. And if you, if you need a good book to read and to study, Hosea is a great one. But tonight I'm going to look at it as a, as a call to repentance. And there's a few chapters in this verse, there's a few verses in this chapter that I really want to focus on and look at tonight. But we're going to start off in verse 1. Uh, this is a, Israel's done kind of, they went their own way, and, and now we're having to, you see Hosea and God using Hosea to, to come back, to come back. So we'll start off in verse 1 of chapter 6. It says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now He will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, He will restore us so that we may live in His presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. It says, let us press on to know Him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. Oh, Israel and Judah, what should I do with you? Ask the Lord. For your love vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like the dew in the sunlight. I sent my prophets to cut you to pieces, to slaughter you with my words, with judgment and inescapable as light. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifice. I want you to know me. 
more than I want burnt offerings. But like Adam, you broke my covenant and betrayed my trust. Gilead is a city of sinners tracked with footprints of blood. Priests form bands of robbers waiting in ambush for their victims. They murdered travelers along the road to Shechem and practice every kind of sin. Yes, I've seen something horrible in Ephraim and Israel. My people are defiled by prostituting themselves with other gods. That's what I was just talking about, the correlation between Hosea's prostituted wife and how that was in correlation of, of Israel at this, in this time. But in verse 11, let's continue. It says, O Judah, a harvest of punishment is also waiting for you, though I want to restore the fortunes of my people. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. And we, we thank you so much for just allowing us to be able to come back into your house tonight and just into your holy presence just for a short while. Father, I just ask that you would be with us, that you would use me and hide me behind your cross. Father, I don't want none of the honor and glory. It's all to you. But Father, most importantly, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts tonight, that your words would pierce our hearts, that you would get our attentions. Father, deal with us how you see fit. Let us respond to you tonight how we need to and how you put it on our heart to respond. Father, just be with us right now as we look into your word and and you just use us tonight. Father, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, just real quick, what I want you to do, and I know a lot of people, uh, I know how life is. It gets busy. It gets hectic. There's a lot of things that are going on in our lives. just For just a short time that I'm up here to speak tonight, I want you to put your troubles, I want to put your, you put your worries, you put your stress, you put everything to a side just for a moment tonight and allow God to speak to your hearts tonight because you're here for a purpose. You just didn't, you're not here because you just decided to go. You're here because God put it on your heart to be here tonight. So you're here. God has something to show you, each and every one of us tonight. Through His Word. So just for a short period of time, just put everything to the side. All your worries, all your stress, all your struggles that's going on. Maybe your life is good. Put it to the side and just let God speak to you tonight. And as we do this and when we look at Hosea and and what was being said, it was a call to repentance. It's to come back. The Lord, His anger has been poured out on these people and then they're trying to call back to repentance. But the, the verses that I really want to examine is verse 6. In verse 6 it says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. And I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. The Christian Standard Bible uh, says this, For I, this is God, for I desire faithful love and not sacrifice. Y'all catch that? I desire faithful love and not sacrifices. It says the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. In my text, in the New Living Translation, that last part says, I want you to know me. As I read this the other day, I wasn't looking for this text. This text found me. God put this in my path. And He told me, He said, you know what, Doug? He said, I want you to show me that love, that faithful love. I want you to know me more. 
as I read a lot in, 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 the, in the Bible and I look over the Old Testament and the New Testament, all I see is God's love for us. All I see is God's love. And all I see that He wants in return is for us to love Him back. I read the beginning of Genesis and I see that we were created to have an intimate relationship with God. God walked this earth with Adam and Eve and that told me right there that He had a relationship with both. But sin came into our lives and sin destroyed that and, he, and a holy God cannot be in front of sin. He cannot be around sin. So He had to use Jesus to bridge that gap. You see, I tell my youth all the time back at home and I tell my churches, is God wants an intimate relationship with us. This is the whole purpose of the Bible. This is the whole purpose of Jesus' coming. It's to restore that brokenness, that, to restore that relationship back to Him. And our God, and it's so awesome to see that our God, the Creator of heaven and earth, wants us to, He has a desire for us to faithfully love Him consistently on a day-to-day basis. I tell my youth all the time that it's not a relationship of whenever you want to have a relationship. It's every day. It's a, it's a, a, a commitment to the Lord, to have a relationship with Him. And God, my Creator, my Savior, my Redeemer, desires for me and for you to love Him faithfully every day. I looked up the word faithfully. It says the biblical definition of faithfully, one of the words is consistent. That means day in and day out, God wants you to faithfully, to consistently love Him, to consistently serve Him to worship Him, to praise Him, to get to know Him. And that's what He says later on. It says in the the Christian Standard Version, I love this part, it says, I'm sorry, the New Living Translation, my Bible says, I want you to know me. God says, I want you to know who I am on a personal level. I don't want you to know that I'm just God and I created everything. I want you to know my desires for you. I want you to know who I am, every part of who I am. And I'm going to tell you something, like I tell my youth and everybody else, you can't know God unless you're not in His Word. You have to be in His Word to know who He is. You want an intimate relationship with God, you need to be in this daily, consistently, faithfully, serving Him, reading His Word. That's where you know God. That's where He shows Himself the most. It's through His Word. Then I, got, I get to read, and, and He says, I want you to show, I, I want you to have, I, I desire faithful love, and I want you to know me. He says, I don't want you to offer sacrifices, and I don't want burnt offerings. You see, the people back in this time, they were more worried about burnt offerings, and they were more worried about sacrifices than the reasons behind it. And God says, all that stuff that you're doing, that's just religion. He says, I want a relationship. He said, I'm more worried about you getting to know me, me getting to know you, us loving each other intimately. I'm not worried about you playing church. I don't, I'm not worried about what you do in the church or what you do. I want a relationship with you. God made a great sacrifice to have a relationship with us. So the least that we can do is give our lives and ourselves to our Lord and Savior. 
And that's what it's all about. In verse 3 of chapter 6, it says, Let us press on to know Him. Let us press on. I'm going to tell you something. The devil is working against us constantly. He don't want us to know God. He don't want us to know God. But we have to press on each and every day to know Him. God desires that. He desires us to know Him. It just gives me chills to know that our Creator wants us to know Him. And tonight, if, you're not, if, you, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you've never given your life to God, then you will never know Him. That's the first step is giving your life to Jesus, surrendering your life to Him. I give you my life. And from there, that's when you start to know who God truly is. If you flip over with me to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Everything that we are, everything that we do, everything that we say, we need to be glorifying Him. We need to have that relationship with Him. We need to be serving Him. Because He tells us, it's not about music. It's not about coming and listening to a preacher preach. It's about worshiping Him. And it's about a relationship with Him. He desires to want to know each and every one of us, but more importantly, He wants us to know Him, and He wants us to have that faithful love to Him. Not when you choose to, or not when you want to, or not when you're just on the mountaintop. It's good to love God. It's easy to love God when you're on the mountaintop, but what if you're in the valley and things ain't going right, and life is just kicking you in the butt? It's not so easy to love God then. I've been there. But God says, I want you, I desire you to faithfully love me day in, day out. To be a living and holy sacrifice in everything that you do, and everything that you say, and every thought that you have, that you do it for my sake. That you put your wants and needs to the side and you do what I what he thinks is best and what he knows what's best for you. And you know what he says? He says, that's the true act of worship. That's the true act of worship. A lot of times we think worship is just singing songs to God and praise, but it, it, it really is what you do on a day-to-day basis and how you live your life for God. Being obedient to God on a day-to-day basis, having that intimate relationship with God on a daily basis. I see having a relationship with God like a marriage. If my wife gave 100% and I only gave 50%, that marriage would not last. If I gave 50 and my wife gave 50, that marriage would not last. If my wife gives 100 and I give 100%, that marriage will last. And I view a relationship with God to marriage. And that's why he uses the illustration of a bridegroom and the groom. He uses the illustration of marriage. 
Because that's basically kind of what it is. You see, God is willing to give 100%, but He's calling us today to give 100% to Him. Not when we feel like it. Not when we're feeling good. I, I, I'll get in my Bible today. I feel okay. I don't feel bad. Or ah, life's just not doing too great for me right now. I'm not going to get in the Word right now. It's 100%. You know, God's willing to give that 100 but you got to ask yourself, am I willing to give 100% to God each and every day? It's a commitment. And when I married my wife, I, I, I committed myself to her every day, even when I'm not feeling the best, even when I'm hurting, even when I'm sick. I, <clears throat> I commit myself to her every day, 100%. I fail at times, but I make a commitment every day to give 100%. But I love God more than I love my wife, and I give God 100% every day. Every day, and we should be doing that every day, giving God 100%. When we're, when we're sick, when we're not feeling like it, when life is just threw us a curveball and we just don't feel like sharing the gospel with anybody. I don't feel like doing it today. But God says the true act of worship is to be a living and holy sacrifice in everything that we do. In everything. And that's to have a relationship with God. And that's what Hosea was saying. That's what God was saying to the Israelites through Hosea. Is God has that desire for us to faithfully love Him day in and day out. He's He's not worried about the sacrifices. And He wants us to know Him rather than having doing burnt offerings. So many times church people get caught up in doing church things and we get so high on that high horse for doing stuff in the church. And that's great and we need to be doing things in the church. We need to be serving in the church and serving in our communities. But what's most important and it is to have a relationship with God and you can't serve the church if you don't have a relationship with God. You can't serve the community if you're not having an intimate relationship with God. How can you tell somebody about Jesus out in the, in, the, in the world out here and you don't have a relationship with God yourself? How can you share God if you don't have God in your life? How can you tell somebody that they need an intimate relationship with God if you yourself don't have an intimate relationship with Him yourself? How can we? This morning, Brother Marvin was talking about the remnant. There's people, look, the, the, the harvest is, is, is right. The harvest is out there. And we are called to go out and share the gospel and, and, and find these remnant of these, these people that God has got out there for us to go and share the gospel with to bring them to Christ. But if we're not living our lives for God, if we're not serving God fully with all of our hearts, if we're not in His Word daily, and if we're not prayed up, and if we're not serving Him, and if we're not being a living and holy sacrifice for Him, then how are we able to go out and reach the ones that, that God has chosen and God has called to come? That remnant. Me and Brother Marvin was talking about this last night. 
And he said, if there wasn't a remnant out there, then there was no, we wouldn't be existing no more. God would just call us home. It would be over with. And that stuck with me. There's people out there that need to be reached. But the first thing that we have to do is we have to get right with God. We have to have our relationship right with God. And that's what he's telling these people. These people have strayed away. They, they have been prostituting themselves to other gods, to other false things. They were worshiping other things. And I see a lot of times in our society today that we may not be bowing down to, 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 to false gods or to altars, but what about our cell phones? What about TV? What about sporting events? What about these things? What takes more time away from God in your personal life? Because whatever's taking more time away from God in your life, that's your God. That is your God. And you may not bow down to it, and you may not serve it, or, or burn incense to it, or, or do all this to it, but if it's taking more time away from God than you spending with God, that right there is your God. I'm guilty of that. I spend a lot of time on my phone. I spend a lot of time on TV. I've taken a class at college. It's, it's a marriage, family, and relationship class. And a statistic says that we spend three, genuinely, we spend three minutes with our family, close time, three minutes a day, sitting there talking, loving, that kind of relationship with your family. Three minutes. Guess how much time do we spend on our phones? As a society, three hours every day. We spend more time on the phone than we do our families. I'm not saying that's for everybody. That's just a general statistic, especially for the younger ones. We're more worried about our cell phones than relationships. And if you're not careful, we can be more worried about our cell phone than having a relationship with God. And I, we, we look at and we watch football games on Saturdays and the, the stadiums are packed out hundred thousands. And look in our church tonight, we have maybe 30, 40. There's something wrong there. I'm getting off chasing a rabbit, but, but what I'm saying is and what I'm trying to get at is that we have to be spiritually healthy. We got to have a relationship with God. God desires that. He wants us to, to faithfully love Him day in and day out, every day consistent when we're not feeling like it or when we are feeling like it. You faithfully love God. And He says that I want you to know me. I want you to know who I am. I created you for a purpose with your name in mind. He loves us and He cares for us. And, and I've told my youth, why do we spend so much time loving people that don't love us back a lot of times more than we spend loving God who loves us and gives us most, nothing but the best for us? We spend more time trying to love people that are hard to love and not wanting to love us back than we do spending time trying to love God who does love us and cares for us, loves us enough that He's given His only Son for us. Why is that so hard? Why are we spending more time loving other people than loving God? 
God wants a relationship. And I know y'all y'all have a business meeting tonight, so I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it simple. And like I said at the beginning of this message, I just wanted you to put everything aside tonight because you're not here by coincidence. God has you here. I don't care if you've been saved 30, 40 years, you're a deacon of this church, you're, you're a Sunday school teacher, I don't care. We have our faults. There's a lot of times we're human. I mess up, I'm human, but there's times that we can get away from the Lord. There's times where we don't love Him faithfully like we should, and there's times that we don't, we're not knowing God like we should. There's, not, there's times that we're not in the Bible studying, remembering His Word, having a relationship with Him every day. There's times that we, and Satan uses it where he gets our life so busy and consumed with so much materialistic things, and we're, i got to be here, i got to be there, i got to do this, i got to do that. And before you know it, our day's done, and we're going to bed, and we didn't even spend time with God. It happens to us all. And if that's you tonight, I, I pray and I ask God to put a burden on your heart to get right with Him tonight. Because guess what? Our God and our Creator... He wants us to know Him and He wants us to love Him more than anything else and to serve Him and to live for Him. To be a loving sacrifice for Him. Because in the end, that is true act of worship. But like I said earlier in my speaking, if you've never had that relationship with Him, if you've never given your life to Him, I just ask that you don't leave here tonight without getting right with God. He's speaking to you tonight. He has you here because He wants you to hear this because He knows that you're dealing with something. He's put this on my heart and we've traveled five hours for me to come and preach this because there's people in here tonight that needs to hear this message. And I ask you tonight just to please quit being stubborn and hard-headed. I'm stubborn and hard-headed too. I'm not just calling you that. But it's a human, it's a, it's a fleshly desire. It's a fleshly thing that we can get stubborn and we can be hard-headed. And we hate to admit that when I, I've, I've gotten away from God, I don't have that intimate relationship with God like I'm supposed to. But like I said, it starts with first giving your life to Jesus Christ and allowing Him to come into your life and save you. If that's you tonight, please don't leave this church without having a relationship with God because you never know when your last moment on earth is. You never know when you're going to take your last breath. And I would hate for you to get up into heaven and you meet the Holy Father, the Holy God, the Creator of all things, and He looks at you in the eye and says, I never knew you. Get away from me. Depart from me. I don't want that for anybody. I don't want it for you. But if you leave here tonight without knowing your, your Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you leave here tonight without a relationship with God, and you've never asked Jesus into your life, and you leave this church, and God forbid, I hope it doesn't happen, but if you leave here and something happens, and you drop over dead or get in a crash, and you die, you pass away, whatever, and you've never had that relationship with God, and you're going to meet Him, 
I don't want you to get up there. He's like, I never knew you. It reminds me in the gospel where, where at the end of time, and it talks about that you go and you meet with God, and God says, or Jesus says, I never knew you. He said, but I, I prophesied it in your name. I cast demons out in your name. I've done this in your name and that in your name. But his response is, I never knew you. You know what that tells me? That tells me that he's more worried about a relationship. He wants to know you personally, but more importantly, he wants us to know him in return. A hundred and hundred percent commitment to God. God's willing to give that hundred. If you're in here tonight and God's dealing with your heart, maybe you've gotten away from God, don't let the devil get you, okay? Come down to the altar. Get right with God. I like to tell people, just real quick and we're going to close up. The devil is just as active in a church as the Holy Spirit is. Maybe, the, the, maybe God is dealing with you tonight. He's stirring your heart. He's stirring your spirit. He's saying, look, I'm trying to get your attention because you have not had that relationship with me that I desire. And he's dealing with you and you're, you're probably trying to ignore it. Get away from me. I know I don't want you shining that light on me right now. And then the Spirit goes on. Well, guess what? The Satan's coming, sitting right down beside you. You don't have to worry about it tonight. We can deal with it another day. Satan is active, and he don't want you to get right with God tonight. But just for a minute, if God's speaking to you, don't worry about nobody else. This is between you and God. You come down here to this altar to a place where you can humbly get on your knees and you can tell God anything and everything. And you give it to God. And you leave it here. You don't take it back with you. You give it to God tonight. And you get right with Him and you have that relationship that He so truly desires from us. Let's pray. Father God, we love You. Father God, we thank You so much for tonight and for your word. I thank you for today. It's been a blessing to be here, to get to know some people here, to love on people here. My brothers and sisters in, in you, Father, I thank you for that. But Father, right now, there's more important business to be dealt with. Father, if there's anybody in here that you're dealing with tonight, I just pray in just a moment when we have that time of invitation that they will answer your call that they will not reject your spirit. Whether they need a relationship with you, they've never given their life to you, or whether they have given their life to you, but they have veered far off, and they don't have that relationship with you. Father, I just pray right now that you move in our hearts, stir our hearts up. Father, that you get all the honor and glory and the victory out of this. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we